we've we've seen trees growing in cooling towers. Um, no way, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, a four foot tree. That's the biggest tree I've seen. <laughs> a four foot tree in a cooling four tower. Four foot tree. Yeah. And this was growing. So what? And where was its roots planted, though? In the uh, heat transfer fill. At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of RD, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal. The professional's choice. This podcast is sponsored by the Master Group, and we have worked out some tools that I'm going to get on loan from them to review demo for you guys. And and hey, listen, it's it's always fun to receive tools that somebody else might be interested in, in seeing. So there might be a Klein fan, there might be a fan of German tools, there might be a fan of Crescent, there might be a fan of of some other brand, right? So it's always nice to get this variety of tools that I'm able to show you guys and sort of demo and show you how they work and, and tell you sort of what I think of them because there's such a, a large audience out there when it comes to tools and everybody's got an opinion and face it. If this world wasn't filled with people with opinions, we would have a very, very boring life because everybody would just get along and nobody would debate on anything so thank you to the master group for putting some tools together so i can check out and show you guys this armstrong tip that i've got for you revolves around expansion tanks that are vertically mounted so they're suggesting in areas that might have some seismic activity like potential earthquakes that on the base plate of a vertically mounted expansion tank you use seismic clips in order to keep it stable if there's ever an earthquake in that area. So keep that in mind. Actually, keep that in mind for a lot of different things in, in areas. And I'm sure there's codes in place. Luckily, where I am, we don't have to deal with that. But I'm sure there's codes in place for areas that have potential earthquake activity and, and, and seismic activity. So keep that in mind. Thanks to Armstrong for that tip. Hey, guys, what's up? We're back. Another podcast. So listen, we got Kevin Cherawadi on the podcast. He's local to me. He's the owner of Heavy Cooling Tower Services in, in the Toronto area. And he mainly focuses on maintaining cooling towers, as you're going to hear him talk about. Now, I don't really work on cooling towers all that much. So back in the day, I've cleaned some and, and whatnot and, and worked on a few here and there. But I don't really get into cooling tower work very, very much. But cleaning them and maintaining them is very important because of a disease called Legionnaire's disease that has affected many people around the world. And I actually looked up why it's called Legionnaire's disease while I'm talking to Kevin on the podcast. And the answer to that is actually a little peculiar. I didn't think it would be such as how I looked it up, but it was. Anyway, before we get into Kevin, I'm just going to drop a little bit of cooling tower facts, nothing major on you, just a couple of minutes of me sort of telling you what a cooling tower is, what it does, and a couple examples, and and so on and so forth, just before we jump onto the interview, guys. So anyway, let's get to this. Let's get to Kevin and cooling towers. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast, and I'm your host, Gary McCready. All right, so before we get to Kevin, let's talk about 
cooling towers briefly and, and I'm not an expert at cooling towers. I've worked on them here and there. So any feedback you have for me, I would gladly accept. All right. So a cooling tower basically is a heat rejection device, rejects heat to the atmosphere. And I'll give you a couple of examples in a second. Now, generally speaking, this is a general, we're talking generally and loosely here. A cooling tower works of works off a latent heat of vaporization, basically evaporative cooling. Now I can sort of tell you what evaporative cooling is and you can relate it to your own life. So if you've ever been in a, in a shower or a pool or a bath or whatever, you come out and your body's cold because you've been in the water. Well, what's happening is that water is evaporating off your body. And as it's evaporating off your body, it's taking heat from your body with it. So that is essentially what evaporator, evaporative cooling is in a nutshell. All right, so a couple of examples of a cooling tower. Let's say you have a chiller. It could be processed chilling. It could be air conditioning. Well, that chiller, it's got a condenser bundle. So basically water or glycol is pumped through it and it removes the heat from the chiller. Now that heat needs to be rejected somewhere. So that heat or that water or slash glycol goes back to the cooling tower. It's rejected out into the atmosphere. All right. Um, another example is like a heat pump loop that I've seen in commercial buildings. So let's say you have 10 heat pumps in a building and a small cooling tower on the roof. Now the heat pumps are water cooled. So they have a water cooled condenser in them, like a coaxial counterflow condenser. So the water's pumped through or glycol or a mixture of both. All right. It picks up heat from the water cooled condenser and now it's pumped back to the cooling tower to be rejected into the air. All right. Now, because cooling towers, in a lot of cases, they, they, they pump water across the, um, the, the heat exchange device, right? As I said, evaporative cooling, they pump the water across. And as that water evaporates, it removes heat, just like your body removes heat from your body as the water evaporates. Now, because of this, a lot of, the the design conditions are, are a lot of times based on wet bulb temperature because the higher the wet bulb, I guess the less efficient your cooling tower is going to be. And I'll give you an example. So as I'm reading through a bunch of articles, a lot of them state that 78 degree wet bulb temperature is sort of like a rule of thumb. So let's say you have a hundred ton cooling tower. From what I read, it's usually rated at a hundred tons at 78 degrees Fahrenheit wet bulb. So let's say we increase the wet bulb temperature outside. We, we can't get rid of as, as, as much moisture from that cooling tower, so its capacity actually drops. Now, if we take that, that 78 degree wet bulb temperature and we drop it, the capacity can actually go up because the air around it is not containing as much moisture. So we can actually add more moisture to that air and get rid of more heat. Essentially, Um, And generally speaking, like loosely speaking, this is the way a cooling tower works. So we're going to get into this conversation with Kevin regarding, regarding the maintenance of cooling towers and how his company helps to maintain the longevity of them, right? So let's get to Kevin right now and let's discuss this. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. 
from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Kevin, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Are you all ready to talk cooling towers or what? Absolutely. I'm always up to talking cooling towers. So I don't think we've talked cooling towers on the podcast yet. So you are um, you are the first to to prick the surface of cooling towers on the HVAC Know It All podcast. So Excellent. it's 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 all yours, man. So maybe we should just start with sort of an introduction of yourself, like uh, the company, like the company that you have, what you do, and um, and and just get kind of like a, a, a just get to know you a little bit. That's all. Excellent. So, uh, you know, my company is called Heavy Cooling Tower Services, and we go by HCTS Inc. Uh, we're Canadian owned and operated, and we're a full service company in the cooling tower industry. Um, you know, we care about our customers and we work with them to meet their budgets and specific needs. Um, you know, I, I grew up uh, being an honest person, and I don't believe in selling unnecessary add ons just to make money. Um, I'm more in the business to make sure the customers are getting their return on investment um, by maintaining their equipment. That um, well, that that's a good motto to have, and I think when you sort of play by that rule book, the word of mouth just kind of grows your business to the point where, and and we've talked about this. You have been so busy lately that you couldn't even get on a podcast with me over the last what six to eight six months, months because you yeah because you've been so busy and and that's that's really good that you have been busy and, I, and i'm glad that um you found some time to talk to me because it's something that i've wanted to talk to you about for a while now so that's that's good man that you're busy yeah i've i've had the opportunity to actually uh grow hcts during the pandemic um uh, we've added some really um a few good key people in here in the last two months um, who are actually putting uh, really good work forward and they're they're helping grow the business as well. So, um, you know, we've been pretty lucky um, through a pandemic to do uh, extra work uh, and, and grow the business. Cool, man. That's that's awesome for you. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. So I like as, as far as cooling towers, there's going to be people listening to this that have probably never seen a cooling there's going to be people that have worked on cooling towers and seen them and but there's going to be people that have never seen a cooling tower in their life so i think we need to talk about what a cooling tower is first of all yeah so it's i like to explain it like this the cooling tower is kind of like the rat in your car um what it, what it does is it actually cools that piece of equipment that's most important and the uh the rad's cooling your motor in your car um, you know, the, the cooling tower, it'll, it'll cool, um, processes, it'll cool your chiller. Um, you know, it provides that cold water back to that equipment, um, you know, through, through heat transfer, through the, uh, evaporation process. Yes, that's right. And there's sort of, I've worked on cooling towers in the past, not, not, not a heck of a lot, but the, the, the way that and you you can correct me if I'm wrong or if there's a, a different process now of of the way they work, but the, the sort of order of order of operations that I have known to to come across with cooling towers and the way they they sort of work is first at the top there's a set of dampers that open. 
Um, that is the first stage of, <clears throat> of, <clears throat> of heat rejection as far as I know. And then the second stage of heat rejection is turning on a set of pumps to run water across the, the heat exchanger. And then the third process is to turn on a fan. And then if you want to go a fourth process is a two speed fan. And then you, you turn on the, the, the fan at, at a high speed. Those are the, those are the processes I know of how a cooling tower works and, and rejects heat. Is that similar, <clears throat> similar to the way they're still running now? Yeah. The you know, cooling towers have been running the same since, uh, you know, since, since they've been put out there, the, the design hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, you know, manufacturers have come up with a better um, heat uh, transfer fill, which will, you know, help get that airflow through the fill and, and be able to reject that heat out of the water. Um, so you have that. Um, two speed fans are, are starting to become obsolete as more people are going with the VFT system. Um, okay, most yeah. recent, you know, most recently we've been seeing uh, permanent magnet motors. Um, jump onto the scene there, which is uh, what we've been supplying a, a lot of lately. And, uh, you know, that helps with energy costs and uh, more towards the green initiatives that, you know, everybody's kind of pushing these days. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that you could just replace a two-speed uh, f- fan motor with, with, a, with, a, with a VFD. That makes a hell of a lot more sense because you have tighter control with with a, with a VFD fan. So Yeah, um, you, can, you can couple that with a temperature controller. So you're only ramping, you know, you're not continually start, stop your, your motor, which uh, draws a lot of amps. Um, you're able to run it up and down with the actual temperature load on, on your equipment or your building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The basis of our company is to keep the cooling towers clean and operational. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what, what we, what I've found actually getting into the business, um, you know, and, uh, I, I never, uh, you know, I came from the oil field into cooling towers. And the first thing I saw with cooling towers was nobody was maintaining. <laughs> you know, they sat on top of a rooftop and everybody else was more concerned with, uh, you know, your, your chillers and your pumps and your motors, everything downstairs inside the mechanical room. And when you got up to the cooling tower, it's like it was just this big box that nobody inspected, nobody looked at until it broke. So, yeah. um, you know, and that's, that's the main part of my business is, is keeping these cooling towers clean and inspected. So that way, you know, grease the bearings, check the gearbox oil, um, you know, keep the heat transfer fill, um, you know, clean from dirt and scale buildup and stuff like that, because you need that air to be able to flow through that, to be able to get your heat transfer out of it, to be able to, you know, deliver that colder water down to, you know, your chiller. So what I've noticed was, you know, more people need to to see, you know, that their their cost of equipment up there, you know, it might not be as much as the chiller, you know, maybe, you know, one fourth of what the chiller costs, but that's the heart, you know, of that chiller. If that, if that fails, we're looking at seven to eight weeks usually for, well, with, with COVID now to get the parts. So I work with a lot of my customers where we have a preventive maintenance uh, every year where we go in and we clean their cooling tower and, you know, we grease the bearings and check the gearbox oil and, um, you know, any access problems we may have um, getting up there and just helping our customers to maintain that cooling tower 
and um, it helps them see if anything's starting to happen. Um, we also work well with our water treatment companies that we work with, and uh, you know we make them aware of something starting to happen with the water treatment, like scale buildup and uh, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, one aspect I think is really important too for the colder climates is making sure that the the heaters inside of the 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 cooling towers are operational because we've had some cooling towers in the past where the heaters weren't uh, checked or inspected on a maintenance mm-hmm. and, and, and winter time comes, uh, they go, they, someone comes and they fill the tower up um, for whatever reason. And it freezes because the heater's yeah. not functional. And then yeah, and usually when that happens, it causes leaks. Yeah, I would imagine so because that ice is bulging and it, it's forcing its way out, right? Just like a, a frozen pipe would. Exactly. And uh, this year, actually more than ever, I've got uh, a lot of jobs on the board for cooling tower basin coatings. So we have a specialized uh, basin coating uh, that we supply and we go in there and we'll, uh, we'll seal up the basins with the, with the epoxy coating. So take us through that process and on, on how you do that, because that, that's sort of interesting. So if, if you have some corrosion and you have some 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 leaks because of that corrosion how do you go in there i guess you got to drain the tower down and clean it all first and then and then apply the epoxy is that how it works yeah well right now we're actually uh we're at a big customer and uh we've got four uh massive towers that we're removing all the heat transfer fill out of and uh the drift eliminators and what we're doing is we're going in there and and we're uh prepping um the inside of the the cooling tower in beside the fill and in the basin so we have to prep it uh, properly. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, work that isn't prepped properly, and any car repair guy will tell you, you know, the paint's, you know, not going to be any good on your car if it's not prepped properly. Same goes for cooling towers. You want to have the proper prep um, before you put any type of coating, you know, even in a holding tank. Um, you know, you got to have the proper adhesion Um profile to be able to apply your coating to because if you don't have that it's just it's going to come off in in clumps kind of like you know uh the pipe kind of corrodes if you look at black pipe and you see a lot of um you know all that broken off rust you see a lot in cooling towers um due to black pipe it's it's kind of like that with the coatings if it's not properly applied Mm -hmm. and then once that coating's down how long would you say that is is, is, this, is this a forever thing or is there sort of a period of time where you have to go back and maintain that? Yeah, well, what I like to tell my customers is you're going to get at least another five years out of your cooling tower. Um, you know, it, it really depends on the water treatment and what type of water you're working with. Um, that's going to determine how well or how long that epoxy is going to hold up for because there's a lot of caustic stuff in the water that's uh, being treated into your tower. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times I also see with newer towers and, and I want to put this out there because I think customers need to be aware of this is when you buy a new cooling tower, if it's not fully stainless steel, you want to look at pacifying that cooling tower because the galvanized metal will, will start to white rust and then it'll turn into a rust and, and your cooling. I've seen cooling towers that aren't properly pacified only lasting five to eight years. And when you're putting that kind of money into a piece of equipment, you want to see it last a lot longer than five 
you know, five to 10 years. Yeah, no kidding. And and what does that word pacify mean? Like, what does that mean? So, so basically you're doing a chemical treatment that you're going to pacify the galvanized metal. So that way it creates a film on that metal. So that way the all that chemical treatment that's going to be poured into your tower for the next five to 10 years, isn't going to actually be able to um, get through, you know, that kind of protection um, to, to affect the metal in your cooling tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you recommend that right in the beginning, if somebody buys a galvanized steel tower and not a stainless steel one. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, you know, it's, yeah. All right, guys, the HVAC Know-It-All app went live this week. And after a couple of days, there's a thousand users, over a thousand users on there already. And the content is incredible. People are buying into the positivity, the culture of teaching and learning and the culture of sharing sharing ideas and thoughts and jobs in a in a really constructive manner and and i am i am truly truly humbled to, to see this happening before my eyes i knew this would would work if i was to put in the work to get it done and everybody that's came over to the app and checked it out and given me the feedback i appreciate it very very much you guys don't even understand how much here i i appreciate this from you guys so let's let's grow this thing and, and make it the the baddest hvac community when i say baddest i mean like michael jackson bad not not ter- <laughs> you guys know what i mean let's make it the, the the best hvac platform there is worldwide and grow this thing and be each other's crutches because there's not enough crutches happening in other places on the internet when it comes to our trade all right, so let's let's move on. There's there's a cool new kit. We talked to Blue on the other week there about flammable refrigerants. Now there's a cool new kit that YJ has out. If you go to their website yellowjacket.com, you can look this up. It's a hydrocarbon charging kit, which is very very cool and it's a sign of the times and they're getting into this, they're digging in and they're getting into this stuff now because it's sort of needed we need the right tools and stuff going forward um, with this change of sort of the refrigerant um, i guess when we look into the future the changes that's happening with with refrigerants the other thing i wanted to mention is dan foss cool their youtube channel they're, they're trying to grow they got some really good content on there. there there's some videos on there of welding or brazing in a, uh, a regulating valve for, for CO2. Now, a lot of you guys in the supermarket industry would probably enjoy seeing a video like this. So check out the Dan Foss cool YouTube channel. Uh, True Tech Tools, guys, they've been with HVAC Note All for a very long time, and they provide the, the promo code for, for us to save 8% on, on our tool purchases there. So please check out True Tech Tools, and if you're going to purchase anything, use the code Note All to save 8% on your purchase and off the top of the podcast you always hear the smart seal ad and i've talked about it many times on social media but i I need to bring it up again on how re there's a book that i'm reading it's called um rethinking by adam grant i believe that's the name of the title and it's all about unlearning and rethinking so unlearning old habits and old um sort of myths and misconceptions and relearning 
and basically thinking like scientists. We're, we're HVAC techs. We should be thinking like scientists. Okay. Scientists think with an open mind. They test and they check things out before they, they make a, before they, they come to a conclusion. So my experiments with AC Smart Seal, I thought like a scientist because I think that I deserved, the product deserved that from me. It didn't deserve a closed mind for me. So anyway, AC Smart Seal, it's an oil-based product that you put into a system that might have like a, a porous leaking evaporator and it, it's worked. I put it in several units. It's worked and it's helped get a customer buy until a replacement. And I've still got it in some machines like three years later that are still running now. So anyway, guys, I wanted to bring that up. Let's think like scientists. And when I think of the product AC Smart Seal, that is a, a perfect example of how we should think like a scientist and not a closed-minded monkey. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult anybody, but I'm just comparing the two things, right? A scientist thinks with an open mind and half the time probably a monkey thinks with a closed mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's get back to Kevin and Cooling Towers. Sorry guys, correction. That book is called Think Again by Adam Grant. Check it out. It's a really good book. So you, you mentioned before um, the, the you, I can't remember the term you used, drift, uh, the drift? Uh, drift eliminators, yeah. yeah drift yeah, eliminators. Right. Drift eliminators. Yeah, so, what, what exactly are those for and, and, and how do they work? So the, the drift eliminators, so when you turn on your fan, you're, you're pulling air and you're pulling air through your, your heat transfer fill. But what you want to have is you, you need some drift eliminators as well you know, at the top of your cooling tower, at the side of your cooling tower, because that uh, that air movement is actually going to pull the water as well. So what you want to do is keep the water inside the cooling tower. Mm -hmm. So it, it basically pulls it through the fill. The drift eliminator stop that water from being pulled out of your cooling tower, and you're able to keep your water, well, you know, a portion of your water in. So, you know, that's another thing. You, you want to keep your drift eliminators, uh, you know, well-functioning, they should be tight, um, so that way you're not losing water because uh, makeup water, you know, water's not going to be a cheap commodity in the future either. Yeah. So I, the the drift eliminators, they almost look like sort of like baffles almost. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so then I was at a building today and um, there's a sign and then it's, it's like yellow taped off because like falling ice, like there's from the drift eliminators, there's massive chunks of ice building on them and falling off. What do you think is causing that? They need to be replaced. <laughs> they absolutely need to be replaced. If there's, if there's uh, ice and water coming through the drift eliminators, that means that they're not tightly in there and uh, you know, they're not holding the water in because obviously the water is getting out and creating a bunch of ice. That's funny because the one tower that's doing it was apparently rebuilt in the summertime. Uh. <laughs> so, so what, what do you think could be the, just would maybe not installed correctly or something like that? Yeah. I, I've, I've seen it too. That drift eliminators also have an arrow on them when you okay. buy from the manufacturer. So if you install them backwards, that could also uh, cause that issue as well. So I'm not saying that this is the issue, but uh, you know, it, it could be that. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I mean, as far as what other maintenance do, does, uh, do you guys perform? Like, do you do motor change outs and stuff like that on, on these things? Yeah, we'll change out, we'll change out motors. We'll change out pumps. Uh, we've replaced fans, gearboxes, uh, bearings, drive shafts, uh, anything to do with the cooling tower. 
We also help our customers with rooftop work as well, because what I've noticed with a lot of cooling towers that are installed, not, uh, I would say the manufacturers don't actually look at the safety aspects of actually uh, performing um, the service on a cooling tower. Mm-hmm. So I would say eight times out of 10, we get to a cooling tower that's unsafe to work on. Um, so, you know, uh, people need to look at actually, you know, are people safe on top of your roof, maintaining that piece of equipment up there. Um, so we supply ladders, platforms, railings around the top of cooling towers. If the railing's too close to the rooftop edge, we can supply our customers with a safety railing around that piece of equipment. Um, we've also worked for some pretty big mechanical companies providing railings around air handling units and other pieces of equipment that need platforms and, uh, things like that. So that's, that's one, another aspect of our, uh, business. Another aspect is we, as I said, we supply epoxy coatings to basins. So we also supply epoxy, uh, epoxy coatings to, um, holding tanks. And uh, we also do floors. So we have mechanical room floors that, uh, you know, are, are, you know, you know, oily or dirty and stuff like that. We can come in, we can clean all that up and put a nice non-slip um, epoxy polyurethane or polyurea coating. Polyurea is the new big thing out there. Polyurea. So I've, I've been into a lot of these um, really nice mechanical rooms where they, 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 paint the floor and then they put a coating down on top of it so the polyurea is that like a clear coating that's really uh um it's it's just like a thick coating on top of the flooring that's already there yeah well the polyurea uh now in the uh, commercial industrial industry has has taken a little bit of time because uh, if you if you look back at truck bed liners right that process is a polyurea um process so, you know, it, it's it's very durable, and I don't know if you've seen the videos where they set off a bomb underneath the truck and it doesn't blow the bed apart. No, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that, no. Um, so anyway, I've got a video. Actually, I will share it with you so that way you can post it. Uh, but basically what they do is they split, spray this polyurea on a uh, – trying to think of the name of it now – on a watermelon. And they drop it from two, three stories up, and it bounces. <laughs> That's how durable this this coating is. So, uh, you know, it's it's bomb proof, bulletproof, and it's incredible stuff. So, uh, you know, we just recently did a, a condo um, a garbage room actually in Toronto. We just finished that project, and uh, we've also done a few cannabis uh, grow operations in the region. Um, where we've sprayed that uh, polyurea down on the floor. Yeah, I'm actually I actually googled it here. There's some really nice uh, images of some. There, there's there's a guy spraying it on like a roof. Yeah, actually, uh, so polyurea can also be used for rooftops. Uh, that's another uh, great thing. Uh, I've also I've done a few quotes for that for a few big mechanical companies. Uh, you know where they have the tar and. Uh, you have the tar and rock rooftop. Yeah. And you have the, you know, you have basically you've got your metal curbs around all your pipes that come up through the, through the roof and stuff like that. And eventually they just end up leaking. Well, this polyurea basically bonds as one and it gets sprayed on while it's hot. 
And what's nice about this, even, you know, it can be sprayed um, all over your roof to create one basically membrane over top of your roof that's not, you know, it won't leak. It's, it's pretty uh, okay. incredible stuff. <laughs> cool. Yeah, the, the some of the images online are uh looks really nice. There's a one mechanical room. It almost looks like it's it's like a clear coat. It almost looks like a uh, maybe not. Yeah, but it looks it's super nice though. Super shiny and it just really makes uh the room or the mechanical room look like real professional. Yeah, we've done we've done some storefronts too and stuff like that as well. Um it's it's beautiful beautiful stuff, but it, it is at the top of the line for coatings. Um, so, I mean, it is, is more expensive, but it, it lasts a lot longer and it's, it's a nice product. Cool. So, I mean, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get back to cooling towers and talk about, um, something that we had discussed a couple of weeks ago and what, ha- what can happen if you don't maintain your cooling towers health wise to the people that are in and around that cooling tower. Yeah, well, this, you know, I, I talked to I talked to a few friends of mine that are in the you know healthcare and stuff like that and and uh, what they have been seeing actually in the last few years is uh, you know a, a, an uprising in Legionnaires uh, disease and uh, Legionnaires disease kills one in ten people uh, well one in t- ten people are infected and one in four people who contracted you know during a stay at a healthcare facility um, you know. Legionnaires is often misdiagnosed because you have to specifically test for it. So a lot of these cooling towers that we see, and if they're in a downtown downtown core, um, you know, and these cooling towers aren't getting cleaned and uh, maintained, you you could have uh, you know you could have legion legionella coming out of these towers, and basically it's blown into the air. And uh, as we know with COVID, airborne diseases <laughs> is a big thing. You know, so Legionnaire causes similar symptoms to COVID-19. Yeah, I'm actually looking at um, just a little a little uh, snippet here. It says, Legionnaire's disease is a form of atypical pneumonia caused by any species of Legionella bacteria. Um, mm-hmm. Signs and symptoms include cough, shortness of breath, high fever, muscle pains, and headaches. So, uh yeah nausea vomiting and diarrhea so yeah many of the symptoms that apparently that um that covid-19 as is causing um on on some people so if if we want to prevent this from happening a simple cleaning is all that we need to do to to prevent this well yeah you want to keep your cooling towers clean and maintained because if if any bacteria is able to grow in these units. And I don't know if you've seen a, a few of the pictures that we've shared um, through my LinkedIn homepage site. Um, you know, it shows, you know, we've, we've seen trees growing in cooling towers. Um, no way. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. A four foot tree. That's the biggest tree I've seen. <laughs> a four foot tree in a cooling four tower. Foot tree. Yeah. And this was growing. So what, and where was its roots planted though? In the uh, heat transfer fill. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, really. yeah. I think I've got pictures of it somewhere. I'll have to dig it out. I've got every single job we do, we take before and after pictures of every job. So we've got a ton of pictures. So I'll have to dig it out and share it with you. I'm sure I've got it somewhere. <laughs> 
so basically if you don't clean them this bacteria can start to grow and just because the the cooling tower has a fan and stuff and starts blowing um basically rejecting heat that bacteria can be blown into the air and anybody that's in and around that area can be infected with legionnaires if it's yeah, not yeah, there, there's absolute possibility of that if if your cooling tower is not being cleaned and maintained and uh you know to, to say that you know we work with a lot of mechanical companies now because a lot of mechanical companies don't have um the staff that's actually trained to, well, I wouldn't say that they're not trained to work on cooling towers. They don't, they don't pay a lot of attention to the cooling towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they should. Um, so we, now we, you know, we've aligned ourselves with a lot of uh, mechanical companies to help them maintain the cooling towers. So let me ask you this. If you're cleaning them, what, mm-hmm. what sort of PPE are you utilizing when you go into these things to protect yourself and your workers yeah so we we wear masks um and we go in and we uh we clean the cooling tires we'll vacuum them out like we drain the systems we vacuum them out we do a full inspection of the cooling tower we take all the uh all the information um from the model number the serial number the um you know all the motor fans all that kind of stuff we take all that information and we document it um you know we'll you know, we'll wear our masks and uh, eyewear and steel toe shoes and stuff like that. But uh, there's a, there's been a few where I've worn the uh, the actual larger masks in the cooling towers just because of how it looks. So our, our employees are, are told that, you know, if the tower looks really bad, then they need to suit up. You know, put, put the white suit on, put the mask on with the proper respirators and, uh, you know, go into those units like that. Cause you can never yeah. be too sure. Right. So yeah. Cause I, the reason I ask is cause I've been in a couple of cooling towers, power washing them. Mm-hmm. And really all I had was a rain jacket and a pair of rubber boots. And, but this is, this is going back like when I was like first to second year apprentice and nobody really informed me or I had no real education on this stuff. So, I mean, these towers that I was in, they weren't terribly bad. They were just, mm-hmm because they were cleaned every year anyway. So if a tower is cleaned every year and you're just going in to do routine cleaning, I mean, you should be okay, but I would, I would still, I guess, take precautions anyway, knowing this could, could happen. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You want to take precautions anytime you go in there to be, because once you get in there and you're power washing um, the unit clean, you're, you're disturbing whatever's, you know, um, you know, contacted the wall or the heat transfer filament so you do want to wear a respirator and and stay safe do you know <laughs> i looked something up here do you know why it's called legionnaire's disease do you have you ever looked into that i haven't actually <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you want you want you want to know why it's called legionnaire's yeah, disease? tell me why okay so in 1976 um American Legion members who attended a Philadelphia convention suffered from an unusual pneumonia, um, lung infection. So the outbreaks, uh, because of this, because they were Legion members and because of the, the symptoms, I guess they, they detected, they named it Legionnaires disease because they were Legion members. I didn't know that at all. I, that's, that's a very interesting. <laughs> fact. That is interesting. Wow. That's excellent. So, so that there's there's tell some that story from now on. There, yeah <laughs> one of those one of those useless information tidbits but i mean that's that's actually quite interesting to me because i i 
I wouldn't suspect that it was Legion members, even though it's Legionnaire. But anyway, okay. So I mean, as as far as the 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 cooling the, the cooling tower aspect, we've covered sort of maintenance and and cleaning and stuff. And it, it's a very simplified machine. I think there's not much to it. It's just a big box with a fan and, and a pump and it yep. requires, it requires cleaning. So, I mean, why are, why do you think so many people neglect to service their cooling towers? Is it because of money or is it because it's out of sight, out of mind type thing? And it's not really providing heating and cooling to an office space really. And like the guy's like, Oh, it's, it's blowing cold or it's blowing hot. And I, I need it looked at. It's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Or do you think it's a budgetary thing? Like why are people neglecting them? I, I think it's both. I think it's out of sight, out of mind, and I think it's budgetary because uh, w- what I've been seeing is y- you've got the mechanical companies that will bundle the cooling tower, you know, into their scope of work. Uh, but you know, with with the way competition is these days with all the mechanical companies out there, I, I think maybe people are going a little bit too thin on their, um, you know, on their proposals to to the property management companies or or the locations. Um, and then they're not able to properly service the cooling towers. So, I mean, I, I see it kind of both ways for that. Yeah. yeah. You know, which, you know, and out of sight, out of, sight, out of mind, um, I, I see so many cooling towers. And, uh, you know, I'll last, you know, when was the last time you've, you know, done service on this thing? Well, I think we got a motor five years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? But now it's leaking. <laughs> You know, there's a reason why it's leaking because, uh, you know, you, you've allowed it to, uh, you know, be not maintained. You know, nobody, nobody's told you that you could have, you, you could have solved a huge expense, expensive fix just by looking at it year after year. Okay. So Kevin, we've touched on cooling tower maintenance and cleaning and Legionnaire's disease quickly and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So is there anything else you, you want to throw in? Like, why did you why did you get into the business of cooling towers to begin with? Yeah, well, I got into business of cooling towers, um, you know, t- to help help the customers out there maintain them. Um, you know, I, I see too much of uh, you know the the dirty bacteria cooling towers, and uh, you know, it's not being maintained correctly, and you know, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, I'm there to help the customer get the most out of the return on investment of their equipment. Um, that's the main reason why I'm in business. And, and I want to see the customers get the most value out of that equipment that they can get before they need to replace it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what a, a proper service company should be doing mm-hmm. because there, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of company like I, I just, it just, there's residential HVAC companies that have this stigma around them that that's not what they're in business for. It's, they're they're not in business to get longevity out of the equipment, as you were just saying that that you got into the business for to help get that return on investment. They're there to um, basically try to sell people a new unit as fast as possible. So it's very commendable that that's what you're trying to do is trying to maintain these things clean them um pacify them as you were saying as as i learned from you um put down these epoxy coatings to get another five years out of them that gives the customer more of a runway to to save to or to get their capital up to, to purchase a new one so that's that's to me what 
a service company, a good service company should be doing is maintaining properly to get longevity out of the equipment. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right, Kevin. Well, I appreciate your time tonight and, um, you keep, you keep maintaining those cooling towers, man. And, uh, if I ever come across anybody that, that needs some cooling tower service, I'll, I'll be sure to pass them on, on, on to you for sure. Excellent. I appreciate it. And, uh, thank you for having me on tonight. Uh, you do a great job with this. Uh, I love seeing your posts on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, all, all the stuff you're putting out there for people. It's awesome. excellent. Awesome. Man. So I, I thank appreciate you again. It. Hey, Kevin, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time on this and we got to talk about maintenance and guys generalized info about cooling towers and whatnot and even though you may not work on a cooling tower it's good to know it's just good to have some base general knowledge of how it works and 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 how to service it and how to maintain it because the next building that you walk into might have one and just having a little bit of base knowledge is going to make you feel a little bit more confident when you're talking to the facilities manager or talking to your coworker, your boss, whatever. So knowledge is power, guys, and, and I'll promote that all day. So read up on Cooling Towers. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys. I'm out. Thank you to the Master Group. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.